All right, welcome to another episode of Beneath the Surface Podcast. And Derek, it's good to uh, do the official first video episode. How's it going, bro? What's up, man? How you guys doing? Dude, dude, I'm doing good, man. Actually, uh, it's been a bit of a rough week, to be honest with you, between super busy at work and then with everything that's happening, it's really starting to kind of weigh me down. I know it's weighing down a lot of people. Yeah. Um, how's your week been going? Uh, my week's good, man. Uh, no complaints. Uh, it's been a little hectic out there, man, in the world. You know, there's a lot of changes going on. Um, and, uh, you know, the energy the energy uh, around uh, in different cities and stuff like that. Uh, it's just, it's been a little, it's been a little, little more intense than normal. But, um, you know, everybody, you know, we, we, we still have to, to, to get up for those that are like central workers like myself, we got to get up and do our, and do our thing still. And so, um, just being vigilant, being positive. Um, but you know, just still not uh, turning a blind eye to the fact that, you know, the world is just, is in a world vibe right now because of, um, a lot of changes are being made, man. And some, sometimes those changes just can be turbulent, brother. And sometimes the changes can be smooth. So, you know, yeah, you know, you bring up something just like, like you said, um, you know, you're still an essential worker, you're grinding, but try not to turn a blind eye to what's going on. I think right. that's that's the important thing, man, because it's so easy for us to get wrapped up in our own little microcosm of the world we got going on. We yeah. got jobs, we got family, we got kids. But if everyone, if everyone out there thought like that and just did turn a blind eye towards what's really happening, people that did sacrifice and get out here and start protesting, people that sacrifice time and energy away from the world that they have going on in order to help someone else's cause. Yeah. I think it's, it's a huge role that, man, I respect the people that get out there and do it so much. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, I'm not an organizer, I'm not an activist, but I respect those that do it because I know day to day they live a regular life. They probably have a wife and kids and jobs, but they take that time out to make sure that people are seen and heard so, I mean, it's, it's a huge, um, whoever is assigned that purpose and they live that purpose, fulfill that purpose. I total respect, man. Yeah, no, definitely, man. Definitely, most definitely, man. So, we'll just go into, let's dig a little deeper. And okay. uh, along the same lines, let's dig a little deeper. Um, can't ignore George Floyd. Yeah. Man who was, had a knee kneeled on his neck, three officers on his back man kneeled on his neck for nine minutes till he died and the world saw this video personally man complete outrage yeah uh, that that image haunted me for a couple of nights where i literally lost sleep over it it was beyond upsetting dude to say ups i was upset i mean that's an understatement and anyone who i i feel like if they if you've seen that video and it didn't bring up some kind of emotion of outrage or sadness then in my opinion, like, you're just not human, dude. You're just not a human. Um, so along those lines, what's happened, what's transpired over the last, you know, 48, 72 hours, there's been protests throughout the world, dude. And that's, that's the beautiful part. Like, there is now protest in uh, London and Toronto, all, a lot of major cities throughout the U.S. And I think it's a beautiful thing, man. But now we're at this point where the protests are starting to 
overshadow the the message. Yeah. Message of remembering this man and fighting for the injustice uh, of of what these police officers did to this man. And now it's becoming politicized again, like everything else always does, which is another thing that's infuriating, bro. It's infuriating the fact that everything has to become politicized. It all comes back down to the left and the right. All lives matter, black lives matter. And a lot of attention, this is kind of what I want to dig a little deeper on, a lot of attention now is on the protest. So I kind of want to talk to you today and see what your thoughts are about protests, uh, how protests can be effective, if they're effective, um, rioting and looting, and just kind of like where you stand on things that, that you've seen um, recently. Yeah, no, um, I agree, man. You know, like I said, um, um, well, I mean, like you said, rather, yeah, the thing with uh, George Floyd was, um, it was uncalled for, bro. Just everything above, especially being black man, to see that uh, it really, you know, it really affects our psyche in a certain way. Um, and so uh, I, I really, I, I, I really felt like um, words couldn't describe what was going on. You know what I'm saying? Seeing it and, and all that stuff, it was, it was, it was rough. Um, but like you, I, uh, I remember the Callan Kaepernick. I remember what just the, what he was using his platform for when he was taking a knee. It wasn't to be non-political or whatever like that, but it was just to say that there, there, are, there are injustices going on. And, and, and um, specifically, you bring that up, police brutality. Yeah, that I, was exactly. Specific. Yeah. Right, right. So I understand um, what he did and why he did it at that time. Um, and although um, there was nothing that was, even though stuff like this had been going on for years, I mean, listen, cops have been doing this stuff for years, but to see it on social media, the, you know, the, the, the live footage of it kind of puts it more in our face where we can't deny it. Um I think the protest is very important. I think that, you know, the, 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 the idea of the protest to make a statement or to make, make uh, an opinion known about something or just to disagree with some of, you know, r- rules or regulations or, or, or whatever the, gu- the government judgment that may be on a particular situation. I think it's all good. Uh, I think that it's a very healthy thing. I mean, this is what makes us American, you know, the freedom of speech to be able to protest and um, to speak up against things. Now, when it comes to rioting and and looting and stuff like that, like I don't condone it for sure because what, like whatever an attorney or somebody is doing doesn't involve like, you know, someone's, someone's small business or a target or whatever like that. So I don't, I don't condone it. However, let me be clear. There are things and situations that can arise when there is a hostile or a very intense protest that will cause people to loot, that will cause people to, to, to do things that they wouldn't normally do. Does it normally happen off the top? No, There's, there always has to be some type of agitation or something like that that goes on. And I think that when that happens and people are triggered more um it's like although i don't condone it sometimes sometimes um i can understand 
why things might happen the way they do. You know, I mean, for instance, I remember talking to my brother about it and he said, well, um, the protesters, they end up breaking into a target, not because they wanted to loot and take all the toilet paper, right? They broke into the target because um, they were getting hit with tear gas and tear gas and, and mace and pepper spray, all that stuff. Um, milk counteracts the effects of that. So they were breaking into these targets saying, hey, you know what, we're just going to get the milk because we need it. A lot of people are suffering out here. We're trying to make a stand and they're making it hard for us to make a stand. And so they they, 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 they broke into the target to get stuff. Now, human nature is once there's a hole, everybody's going to just go up in there and just do whatever the hell. But initially, initially, the intention was just to go there to help the people, not to go and, you know, go grab whatever snacks and goodies, whatever the hell it is. Mm-hmm. So you always have in a big group of people that most of them want to do good. And most of them are just trying to hold their ground. Um, you do have small pockets of people that can become agitators and they can start fires and do all kind of other crap. I don't condone that, but um, I do understand that sometimes it happens. I do understand that, you know, um, I'm human, you know, for me to say that, you know, who hasn't, who hasn't had, um, pain in their heart, you know, those people that are going out and, and maybe setting fires and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't condone it, but you don't know that pain that they're going through, you know? Um, and when a person is under stress, you can't tell them how to react. You know, when a yeah. person back into a corner, if a person is, if you back a person into a corner and then a person stabs you, you can't say, hey, maybe you took it too far. Well, what's too far? When you back that person into a corner, you have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, you can't tell people how to react. You can't. So in a situation like this, even though I don't condone it, I can't tell people how to react when there's pain and there's frustration and there's anger and there's just suppression. And basically, this is something that's been ongoing and eventually the levy is going to break when it breaks you know I love Martin Luther King but I also love Malcolm X too I love them both for what they did you know what I'm saying and so the same sense even though I love the peaceful protest sometimes I know um, marching peacefully isn't always enough to get the attention to get it going right yeah Um, and so it's just a really it's a it's a it's a it's a fine balance. It's a fine line to go to to to, to tread on. But um, overall, man, I, you know, I, I've always wanted peace, and I've always wanted um, a, a positive protest. Um, you know, when when it when it could um, when it could work. But yeah, I know that isn't always the case. And I think uh, you know you touched on something. The last I know we're we're a couple weeks late on an episode, but the last time we did record, you did touch on something about how negativity spreads a lot faster than positivity. And in this case, there's been, I mean, in almost every major city in the U.S. Hell, even in Rancho last week, yesterday, day before yesterday, last two days, we've had 400, 500 plus people out here protesting Black Lives Matter and protesting for George Floyd and against police brutality. And there's been peaceful protests. There's been peaceful protests throughout the whole country but what gets highlighted is when people start looting. That gets highlighted is when people start burning things down, when it gets violent. Now yeah. it's time for the cameras to start rolling. Now it's time to put that on the news. Um, but in reality, it's been mostly peaceful protests. And another thing, there's a deeper, darker link to this, man. Like 
if you start looking into a lot of this stuff, like who's inciting the violence, they're actually cops, bro. Look up the name, uh, I wrote it down. His name, Jacob Peterson. So he was a police officer in Minneapolis, dressed in all black, had uh, a, a mask on, and they caught his face. This guy was had a, a stick going around breaking windows of retail uh, outlets. He was like, uh, I think he lit a fire at one. And this is what created violence. So it basically gives the police a reason to react with more force. And what it does is it discredits the movement overall. So now this it's just shifted focus from look what these corrupt police officers done to look at how these protesters are reacting. And this has happened throughout history, apparently. They're called provocateurs. This has been a strategy from the government throughout the history, dude, of protests. They send in, like, they they infiltrate, send in these special, I don't know if they're technically cops or what their title is, but they, they infiltrate and they disrupt protests because people are already fired up. They're already mad. They want to tear shit down because you got all these feelings bottled up and now you need a place. They basically give them a, uh, they give them direction to release their rage, man. And so you got these provocateurs, they go around, they burn shit, they tear shit up and the riot, the protesters, they basically follow suit and riot. And um, this is a strategy to shift the focus, shift the focus from what really happened onto now, look at what we're talking about, even on this episode, but look at what's been talked about the last couple of days. It's all about the protesters, the rioters, the looters. It's almost been forgotten that what is for, for George Floyd, you know? Like there was yeah. protests going on in Huntington Beach today. Um, you had Black Lives Matter out there and then you had All Lives Matter, which was, um, it was created as a response to Black Lives Matter, which is bullshit in my opinion. But they're out there like back and forth in Huntington Beach today. And and like, honestly, dude, if, if someone tells me All Lives Matter, I'm just like, you know, a friend of mine, like I'm, I'm, I'm not cool with it at all, bro. Like you can't tell me All Lives Matter if you're not the one that spoke up when this black man got murdered by police. Did All Lives Matter then? Or was it all lives matter because now people are sticking up for a black man that was murdered by police? Now it's all lives matter. Well, where were you then? Apparently all yeah. lives don't matter to you. It only matters when black people show up to protest or the world shows up to defend a black man. Then it's all lives matter. But if you really believe that, then you would stand up for injustice everywhere at any time, right? Yeah, yeah. The whole cause is whack, bro. Like I'm not with it at all. I think it's disrespectful. To the movement, I think it's disrespectful to a black men in America. I think it's disrespectful to anyone who claims that they value life in general. But this protest, man, in general, I think, uh, granted, man, there's some knuckleheads out here for sure. There's no yeah. doubt about yeah. that. I don't think it's okay to tear down your own city. I don't think it's okay to give the police government, Donald fucking Trump, an excuse to say when they loot, we shoot. Bro, what kind of leader says that? 
what kind of leader says that? I heard that's that's the rhetoric that was used during um, segregation. That exact line. Like this is this is something that this is supposed to be the leader of the U.S. who's supposed to. And I'm not political, bro. Like I think the left and the right is all bullshit. Like you 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 should act according to your humanity and do what you know is right and not do not fall into um, identity politics. Not fall into identity politics where, well, if the right says we gotta do this, and that's what we're gonna do, or the left says this is how we gotta roll, then this is how we roll. Like think for yourself for once. And a lot of times these protests are it's like I said, it's become politicized, man. Yeah. And it's not right. I don't think the leader of the free world, the president, should be inciting hate and violence. And I don't think protesters should do it either, but I do think we need better leadership during these times to really channel that 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 anger that frustration uh killer mike had a great um press conference the other day where he was talking about hey look because he owns him ti like there's in atlanta there's a lot of um black owned businesses a lot of black owned like black investors and so they're like look don't tear down our city like this is what you're supposed to be fighting for like you guys can't be you can't be doing this here like this is the time to take a step back protest but think strategize then mobilize yeah right because if you're not doing that you're gonna you're gonna sometimes you're gonna hurt the cause yeah and he knows like and everyone knows like that's what's going to get the attention it's not the people that are all in capitol hill that laid down face flat with their hands behind their back today like thousands and thousands of people to honor George Floyd lay down their stomachs with their hand behind their back then I can't breathe that's not going to get that much attention what's going to get attention is people that turn up at night and start taking shit out of Nordstrom's or whatever so I don't know man I think I think protest is super important I think it's needed I think civil unrest is needed I don't think like you I don't think it, it can always be peaceful because, but I also don't, I also don't agree necessarily with looting and rioting without, like, when they tore down the precinct in Minnesota. I know, I know. Technically, look, not all cops are bad, bro, but that sends a message. That sends a message, which will enforce the police captain to get his people under control because we don't want this kind of shit happening. You know what I'm saying? That sends a message. Burning down, like, taking shit out of Nordstrom's, taking purses, that sends a message too, but a bad message, bro. Yeah. That sends a message that you're just using this as an opportunity. You're an opportunist to just take this new Michael Kors bag or something. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I, I, do, I do think, I, th- I think, I think protesting is important. Civil unrest is a real thing. But the way we go about it, I think it just has to be a little more thoughtful. You can't have that bottled up rage and just use it as an opportunity, of course. But Black Lives Matter, a thousand percent. All Lives Matter is bullshit. It's just a protest to their protest, to our protest. And all Lives Matter, it's it's not a real thing, bro. It's not a real thing because if it was a real thing, they would have been out there first when they saw the video. Not when 
Black Lives Matter come out to just say, hey, Black Lives Matter. No, it doesn't. All Lives Matter. Bullshit. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know, bro. I, I mean, I kind of feel like, I mean, yes, I feel Black Lives Matter. But I also kind of feel all lives matter too as well. And this is why they I do. say that. This, this is why well, I say that. Well, the thing is, uh, I mean, I don't want to cut you off, but just to counter, I mean, just look. I've seen, I've seen this many quotes out there, but it says, when black lives matter, all lives will matter. I'm basically saying like, yeah, you can always say all lives matter, but what's been shown is the way the government, the way the police, where people treat black lives is that it doesn't matter. Yeah. So we got to focus on putting the fire, one fire out. It's like saying, well, all the, all the houses on the street are burning. Where are you going to focus that water hole on the house or water holes on the house that's burning up the most, right? With the biggest yeah. fire. That's when you're going to put out first. Yeah, they all matter, but guess what? This one's burning up at a faster rate. We got to put this fire out first. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're right, man. I, I think that, um, and see, that's the thing about me. Like, I, I feel that, yes, black lives do matter. Um, I also feel all lives matter. I think the, 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 I, th- I think, uh, all lives matter, but within all lives matter, there should be more focus on the black people. But the reason why I say all lives matter is because look, man, there's a lot of people that have that have been brutalized by cops that aren't black, that are brown, that are white, that are immigrants, that are whatever. And so, um, yeah, it's unfortunate. And even though, huh? It's disproportionate. Oh yeah. But still though, but even if it's disproportionate, I mean, more MLK said, um, an injustice, uh, anywhere is an injustice everywhere. It's a threat to injustice everywhere. Yeah. Huh? Injustice anywhere is a threat to injustice. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. See, you got it. But, but for people that maybe have not suffered as much, it does not. Um, it does not mean that they also too don't would not benefit from a protest, even that was um, predicated around Black Lives Matter. You know, so that's why I say all lives matter because you know, man, this has been going on for years. Now, it hasn't always been videotaped. A lot of times, people that have died by the hands of cops have been, oh, he was just an arrest. Oh, he had a gun or this and that. And it was the cops' word versus people that maybe that weren't even there, you know, or the bystanders that only saw the after effects. So um, for all those people that have got, that have been done dirty by cops, um, they are also important as well. And, and, and you know, if if you're if you're hey man if you're a black family and um and you lost someone by police police brutality um it doesn't make it any harder to deal with than if you was a brown family or an indian family that that lost someone to police brutality too as well so that's why i feel i figure that yes all lives do matter but right now um there's a more um, concentrated effort on black lives in particular because of so much um, abuse that's been going on throughout the years, you know. But I, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think bla- I don't think uh, 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 dirty cops are just going after blacks and then that's all they go after. I think that you know, especially like when 
when um, the Iraqi thing was going on. There are probably cops targeting Middle Eastern people, even innocent people that was hardworking people that didn't get that that didn't you know show up on the news or whatever like that. Um, it's all predicated on a racism. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's why we don't say all lives matter because look, all lives matter is a common sense term, but the problem with all lives matter is they don't show up until Black Lives Matter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Why it's all bullshit? They don't show up until they want to, they're anti-protest. And you can't be anti-protest if you really care. But hold on. Someone has to, someone has to take no one, it. But no one's saying black lives only matter. It's saying black lives matter. If you said black lives only matter, get it. Show up, show out, do what you gotta do. Gotcha. And then justice happens and black people come to defense and you know the beauty of this protest, man. I think we were talking on the phone earlier, but like, man, dude, I saw every race, gender, a lot of young people showed up for this Black Lives Matter protest for the for the protest against the injustice of injustice of what happened to George Floyd. Dude, it's like it's like a rainbow of people out there, man. I love it. That's amazing. Those are the people who realize all lives matter. The people who show up for someone else. The people who say all lives matter, they don't care about other people, dude. And that and that's that's the biggest difference between the two. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, it's t- it's a uh, it's just a like I said, it's an unfortunate situation, man. But you know, I kind of feel like if you look at history, man. Uh, um, this this species humans the human species man we've we've constantly had to bump our head through things and sometimes we have to go through wars um before we got a clue and um you know the 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 brutality that's been going on it's been going on for a long time now this is not like it was the first time it's happening so levy the levy is eventually going to break and eventually people are going to stand up and people are going to fight back um it wasn't the first thing we did we knew it was going on. It wasn't the first thing we did, but eventually, eventually, if 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 uh, like Malcolm X said, man, like like if if you are dealing with someone that only knows violence, then you have to communicate where they. So you have to communicate on a level where they understand. Yeah, yeah. If they understand violence, and you and you um, try and be peaceful, then it's not going to work. Yeah. But the thing is that the the, the see the, the 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 tricky part is you have all these protesters, right? And out of the protesters, you have a small group of people that are actually the agitators, the ones right. that are going out and doing the things. Right. Same way in a police force, you have a bunch of cops that even though they might not be like you know Colombo cops or whatever like that, for the most part they want to come in, do the job, and go home with their kids and their wife and be okay. Yeah. And then amongst that, you have a small group of corrupt cronies that are doing all this bad stuff and give cops a bad reputation which so, exists in every career field huh? you know it, it, it exists in every career field dude there's yeah. good doctors bad doctors yeah. good lawyers bad lawyers good psychologists bad psychologists good cops bad cops I think the problem is with cop, and this actually be my shed a little light but the problem with a lot of cops is they consider the career a brotherhood, right? So 
it's it's negative to speak out against another brother, good or bad, and that's where that's where the second that's where it has to it has to stop, dude. Well, you know, a little bit on that, man. Um, no, by protecting these bad cops, it's only making the good cops' jobs that much harder. True, but but the thing is, is that see, you have to understand, man, that like I knew a guy who was a sheriff, going to be a sheriff, and he was saying how when you before you become a sheriff, right, you have to go and you have to work in the prisons or the jail, mm-hmm. and when yep. you do that, you are um, immersed into the like the prison world, right? You know, so it's another like world. Culture. Yeah, and so. When you are immersed into that, even though you may be a nice, good cop, just want to do the right thing, when you're more immersed into an environment, a prison system, where it's us versus them, and you're there for the first time, the people that are around you become your brothers, which are your the fellow trainees and police officers and stuff like that, because there is a, a level of respect and a conflict that goes on between the inmates and this in this chair or whatever the policeman works with it's the CEOs and everything like that and so during that time you really kind of develop a certain um, camaraderie a loyalty to these officers because in many cases those officers could be the reason why you aren't attacked they could be the reason why you are um, safe or they could be the reason why you're hurt. Mm-hmm. So when you realize that in this in this game that you that you you get a part of that um, your life would your life can depend on um, your fellow officers, you 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 do you develop this camaraderie, this loyalty, and then when you get out on the streets, you still hold that because there's always politics. It's like you said, there's always politics, and even in the in the police force, there is politics. And so um, with that. You have a lot of people that, even though they have the best intentions, when they are immersed into the the, the 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 hidden world of being in the police force, you understand that there's a lot of other um, forces that are involved that can sway you, even if you have the best intentions, sway you to look, turn a blind eye or whatever like that, because maybe you were in a situation where you could have got hurt, but a cop that was kind of corrupt or something like that looked out for you or did something, you know, or bend the rules for you. And because of that, you kind of feel like it's my job to kind of look out for him because he looked out for me. And um, you you probably just never know what, what, what you know, just like the guy, I mean, all the cops, I think all the cops were wrong for what had happened. But the guy who killed the guy, he probably had killed people before, but just never got caught. Never was on, was, 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 never yeah. was on, you know, video about it. But you, was, we also don't know. There could have been things that he could have. An abuse of power. Huh? Who's involved in three other murders, dude? Abuse yeah, power. See other things, but the thing is that we don't know that maybe within his career, those other cops that were around, maybe he had done something for them, helped him get a promotion, helped look out for them, or helped him do other things to where he could he had their loyalty. And because of that, um, you know, it's kind of like the little a little a little secret agreement that that cops have amongst each other about who we look out for and who we don't. And when you got all these things mixed in, man, it's just like gangs. It's just yeah. like the gangs when they get the young kids yeah. and they have yeah. them do these things and get them involved in, in all this stuff so that they are, they're loyal to the gang. The police force is the same way. And um, unfortunately, you have a lot of good cops and a lot of cops that are indifferent. They don't really give a shit. They just want to do their things and go home. But you have a small group of cops 
that you know maybe they're 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 corrupt but they're that they're very influential or they do things to gain loyalty and when the cops went out that day did all did the other three cops know he was going to do that no maybe they thought those would rough him up maybe they thought he was going to be maybe a little excessive or or, or, or rough him up a, a little more than usual yeah. but not kill the guy yeah. they, maybe they didn't know that but when it all happened and it went down maybe they were like oh crap like we didn't expect him to do that, but because he's part of our crew, our force, we kind of got to go down with them. But maybe they, you know what I mean? Like, we don't really know the heart of all the people. Probably didn't know we're going to get to that, go to that extreme that he was, like, planning on killing that man that day. I'm pretty sure they knew at that point, like, what was happening. But like you said, man, I think that was a really good analogy, man. Like, the way you broke that down, how... It is kind of like gang culture. Super. It's like, not even, but it's, it's collective culture. So you think like, for example, I played football in high school. Football in high school, you guys will beef amongst yourself. You know, there may be some shit talking in the locker room, but the moment the other team that travels in to play, I don't give a shit. If they talk to the kicker, we got his back. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like All, all eyes are, are on the other team. We are not going against, this is, it's internal. We're not going to like, openly condemn our kicker for talking shit to their quarterback sure. it's gonna be hey he's on our team so that's who we ride with and you look at games it's the same exact mental process you look at cops it makes sense dude. same way it's the same mental process same it's the same way and so it's these guys own because that's one of theirs right but it's not it's not right it's not yeah definitely it's not right but once again hey when we get what we don't know is what we don't know is when they got back in the car they could have said hey man what the hell's wrong with you bro why'd you do that or man like that was crazy but like i don't think that was the best decision now mind you the guy that did was the most senior cop he was the most senior cop he could have told the guys hey guys look i got it i've done this before i know what i'm doing don't worry about it but you never know the conversation could have been like dude like yeah we're not gonna freaking fight it fight amongst each other on the street in front of everybody but when they got back behind closed doors, they could have been like, dude, what the hell was that, man? Like, bro, like, I don't think we should have done that. Do you know what I'm saying? So we don't really know what the dialogue was. Actions don't negate you from consequences. Sure. Yeah, man, didn't mean to do it, but guess what, man? You sat on his neck for nine minutes. You three motherfuckers just watched him. I know this is maybe not what you guys planned, but you got to own up to the consequences after. Because yeah, that's like, maybe... And that's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe the guys thought that maybe he just passed out. Maybe he just lost consciousness or whatever like that. They didn't maybe think he had died. But, you know, it's one of these things, man, where you have people, even the other cops. Because remember, all the cops were newer cops. Not brand new, but they were new. He was the most senior guy there, which means he had the most experience. So if they go out with a guy that's a little, you know, brash, a little... Uh, a cocky a little aggressive but he's a veteran he's been here for years and years and years they're probably gonna assume he probably knows what he's doing you know even though like we're, we're kind of like a lot of those guys a lot of those guys know they have a he has a reputation like you've been on the this watch list for three three years now because you've done like all this style shit like you already killed a 21 year old that was unarmed like you've done all these things you got a reputation within the force People know where they're getting in the car with. Granted, I think it just comes back to like you said, man. It's that whole like, it's that brotherhood, it's that gang culture, it's that collective culture where openly we can't speak out. Like 
in public, we got to present a united front. And if we got to dispute things, it's going to be right. We're doing it behind closed doors. And I think that possibly could have happened, but it was just too late. I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that it was too late. I mean, especially, you know, who knows? You got a guy's like, look, man, I've done this before. Like, yeah, that's fine. I've had complaints before, but I've still done it. Like, I've still, I've still, you know, got away with it or whatever. Like, they're not a big deal. And so maybe the guys are like, hey, man, that was kind of fucked up what you did. But, like, well, but you've done this a couple of times and I, 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 I guess you'll you'll know how to get out of it or whatever, get through it or whatever. So whatever. But um, you know, man, I, I think that um when you you know, these cops, man, uh the 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 main guy and even the other three too as well. Um when you go out with a cop, right, when you go out with an officer that has a bad reputation. Um I think I think there was a prosecutor that's on CNN that was saying like um something called like the color law or something something similar like that we're saying that the color of your uniform does not um entitle you to be like the law of the land or whatever you know you pull up with show up with a black or a blue suit on show up with a red you know uh uniform on or whatever that doesn't mean you can just take a life whenever you want to and if a cop is there and witnesses another cop doing excessive harm or whatever or something that's beyond a reasonable doubt they are to intervene and so um, it's like, yeah, the cops kind of were like, uh, maybe they kind of were like looking, you know, you know, doing their thing, but also kind of paying attention to say, like, let me see how far this is going to go. Um, but at the same time, they failed to act, but probably the only thing that could, the only thing that could, that could explain it was, but he's the veteran. He's the man. He's the, he's a higher up dude. If we're if we're okay with him if we if, if if we show loyalty to him with this then maybe he may help pull for us to get promotions or pull for us to get different divisions or something like that or whatever so it's like this it's like this if they're thinking small and not thinking big picture like i want to protect the integrity and reputation of the police department as opposed to i don't want to ruffle feathers within my my partner right here you would have intervened, but you think if, if they're thinking small, like I don't want to intervene because I don't want to piss off old Derek Chauvin over here, as opposed to like I want to be respected amongst the community. Like I can't let this happen. But I, look, in hindsight, if they knew this was going to happen, probably no one would have allowed this to happen, right? Right. I don't. That's what I'm saying. I don't think the cops really knew that this was going to cause or create a death. Maybe the guy did because he knew what the hell he was doing. He was a freaking asshole. But the other two cops, I doubt if they really knew like, hey, this guy is really going to kill him. Because here's the thing. How do we know? It's hard to tell when a guy is saying, oh man, I'm in pain, I'm in pain. If he's exaggerating or if he's man. really in pain. And sometimes is it's hard to UFC know that. Fighters, you know? Huh? UFC fighters, professional like fighters say 10 seconds of somebody's knee on your neck is the most excruciating pain ever. This man had a nine minutes, bro. Yeah. Nine minutes with your knee on the back of somebody's neck. And look, man, George Floyd, whether he wanted to or not, he's going to be remembered as a martyr because I guarantee you some shit's going to change. I'm optimistic that there's going to be some kind of reform out of this, man. It'll have to be. It'll have to be. Yeah. It'll like, to. you're going to have to be, it's going to have to be a see something, say something kind of rule put in place with police officers. That's but there I, is, there is. It's called, like I'm telling you, 
it's called the, the color law or something like that. There is a rule for that already. Already, that's that's why I thought the other guys would get charged because it's like, dude, you're not you're failing to to you know you're failing to do your duty, which is to like I see some say something, and because of that, it resulted in the life being lost. That's how important it is to to not let just because your friends in a uniform let them get away with just like murder or like um, excessive like force for no reason, you know. Um, so th- there is a law like that, bro. It is out there already, um, you know. But we'll see. I, I I I want change to happen. I do. I think that um, time is coming, man. I think that if it doesn't happen, if we don't wake up now, it'll get worse, and there'll be a civil war. There'll be a lot of violence. Um, hell, some of the cities in America may look like Fallujah. Who knows? Um, you know what I mean? Like, 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 like the people going at war with the police and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And, or any military too. Who knows, man? I just think that it's um, things have got to change and um, change quick, change quick. Because, like, like even the mayor, right? The mayor with the a young guy. I like the guy. I really do. He said, man, if it was you or for guy, we'd be in jail first, and then we can await trial and talk about it. But why the president criticized him for saying sure, that? I know, I know, I know. But the president, the president, this guy is, is a clown. But the mayor had a point. Like, I just want the same. I just want the system to be the same for everybody. Like, what? Like, if it's gonna, if 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 I would have done it or you would have done it, we'd be in jail right away. Why shouldn't the same thing happen? Now I know the police force have the union. The union. If you ever work for a union, you know unions can pull, have a lot of pull. Um, they also have their own um, attorneys, you know, that, that protect the police force. These guys ain't no, these ain't no punks. These guys know their stuff too as well, you know. And then you also have like the fact that they are um, civil servants, uh, 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 stewards of the community, things of that nature, right? That um, these people go through training to, to take up the position as an officer, which does hold some weight in court when you're looking at things, even though they don't say it, it does hold some weight, right? Um, and so all these other forces that are that are working for the police officer make it something where they can't just get you and put you in jail like that. But it should be. I think that all those things um, should go out the window when some, there's something blatant like that to happen. And so the mayor had a really good point, you know. Um, but like but like everything else, just how you know you see something wrong in the Senate and you're like, oh, let's change this. The Senate's like, ah, let's look at the votes. Let's let's vote for it. Uh, even though you think it's a good idea, the votes say no, we're not going to do it. There's still um, a council to have to go through, and I think the same thing with this cop. There's still a process that has to happen, um, and I think that process, they should find a, a different way to expedite that process if there's something blatant like this that happens, you know, because the people are just not going to stand for it. They're just not. Yeah, like you said earlier, man, it's, I think we've reached a tipping point. I think due to, you know, we had Back to back to back, we had Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, and now George Floyd. And then on top of like the coronavirus, people are already out of work and financially stressed. And then like to see this shit happen again, like 2020's been one hell of a year, dude, full of frustration and yeah. tragedy. And man, it's like it's it's I think it's just the perfect storm to have a tipping point. Had this happened in 20, 2019. There would have been some civil unrest, probably not to this point, but right now, people are fed up, dude. And I don't blame them, man. Like, I don't blame people for reacting the way they are right now. Like, 
something's gotta happen, bro. Yeah. And yeah. people just you gotta send a message. This shit just can't keep happening and think they're gonna get away with it. Like if it means hitting the bottom line where finances are starting to be affected by a lot of big companies, um, hey man, so be it. I'm not for violence at all, but I'm not also for uh, people getting away with shit and that's just saying kumbaya all over again. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Things have to change, bro. Like everything else, everything's civil. Everything, um, it'll be, it'll get bad before it gets good. But we all need that. And um, sometimes the, the reset, the learning, the learning curve, and in, 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 in mankind can be hard. You know, uh, it can be. But yeah. hopefully, we, we, we know there's, there's, uh, there's some upside that comes out of it where we all can learn and all can be a little bit more um, fair amongst everybody everybody you know because we pay their taxes we pay their budget you know what i mean we pay all that stuff so um our our word uh should hold a lot more than the union or whatever the hell it is because we are the ones that furnish their salaries you know what i mean so i think there just has there has to be a change and the p the mayor being the mayor young guy standing up saying hey listen this is not right that's that's the start us protesting the way we're doing now and even though some things are violent which i don't really condone but that is also another start and we're all moving into a different a different direction hopefully a better direction um but i just sometimes i feel that it's going to get dark before it gets light you know no, I think uh, I think we hammered that home, man. So, I, is there anything else for uh, let's dig a little deeper? Is there anything you wanted to um, dive into a bit? Um, as far as we dig a little deeper, or or mean in, in general? Yeah, in general, definitely dig a little deeper. Um, you know, man, just uh, be the protest, protest peacefully if possible. Um, you know, I know there is injustice, but two wrongs will make a right you know what i'm saying so um try to do what you can try to make your 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 your, your protest peaceful um and look out for one another you know and um if you see people that are that are trying to burn things down and stuff like that if you can't stop them don't join them you know get out of there get out of get out of that situation and stay only for the peace because um drama loves company but at the end of the day you're going to attract the wrong type of attention. You know, you've already got the National Guard coming out. I'm pretty sure they're going to start doing curfews and they're going to start cracking down. And, you know, National Guard isn't like the police force. Yeah. You know, so you how really got to be how careful. Would, how would you mobilize a protest right now? If you had, uh, you can, I mean, that's a huge question to ask of anyone because, I mean, that's obviously if, if, uh, you knew exactly how to do it, then you, know, you probably would be doing it, maybe. But what ideally, how would you like to see a protest happening throughout the United States? How would you like to see Black people use their influence to get things done, like especially when there's an injustice? What do you think is the most effective way? What do you think? Maybe boycotting of some sort. Boycotting. Um, choosing not to spend money um, choosing not to do certain things, um, you know, for, you know, it, it, it would, it would have to depend on 
what are we what are we going for what's the target and maybe um some type of boycotting of some sort to not to uh, uh support certain things or do certain things um until there is a, a reaction you know uh, i would say do that mm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like a boycott. Um, yeah, a boycott of some sort. You know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, um, yeah. I wouldn't, I would try to, I wouldn't try to do no diabolical stuff, but, you know, sometimes you just take it a stand um, and maybe opting out of doing certain things, depending on what it is, of course, um, could, could, could make a big message because at the end of the day, What's really gonna, what's really affecting a lot of uh, people is the money. These people are burning yeah. down homes, not homes, but they're burning down businesses and stuff like that. They're burning down the precinct. At the end of the day, um, the economics are being affected. And so sometimes the economics will wake people up. Those people in power will wake them up more than just a peaceful protest. You know, I like the idea of you're hitting the pocketbooks. You're, you know, you have because I even when I saw the thing with Mike Freeman, he was like, "Hey, you know, you, you know, the guy had a had we, we we saw him on Monday. It happened on Monday, and we and we and we, we charged him by by Fridays. So this is the shortest, fastest time we've ever done it. But I, I, in the back of my mind, I always think to myself, these large corporations target these business owners, maybe mayor, maybe some other people may have called, could have, could have. It's it's. I mean, it's just a theory." could have called the, the DA and said, hey, listen, you guys are working on this police case and there is no verdict. However, it's costing us millions of dollars a day. You know what I mean? Every day we sit there and let the protests continue and get more violent. It's costing money. The, fi- the, the extra firefighters have to be out. The extra police have to be out to, re- to, to um, um, restrain the, 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 the protest. The National Guard, all the businesses, yeah. all the stuff, like it costs money. And so even if, you know, you you, you you think the guy's racist or not, you like him or not, the fact of the matter is this guy, these four guys are not worth the millions and millions of dollars that is being wasted. Um, you know what I'm saying? To, to keep them, you know, at, at home on furlough or whatever like that. And so... Maybe if we gave you an extra, you know, hundred thousand dollars or so, maybe we can you can help expedite that that that, that process, huh? Get some things moving and get a, a verdict made so that it can kind of calm the protesters down. That's pop, that that is something that that could easily have happened um, with the DA because he said, hey, it normally takes us nine months to to, to a year to prosecute a a, a a cop. Well, yeah. But when these big when these big shareholders and these big investment companies come and say, "Hey, listen, we don't have twelve months, man. Where we won't have no money in twelve months. You're messing with the economics of the city, and money talks, bullshit walks. Do something. Maybe yeah. that pressure too as well could have caused them to come to a, a, a you know a speedy speedier um, uh, charge. Uh, you know what I mean? But I think that boycotting of some sort and hitting them where it hurts which is the money could probably do a, a lot more for um getting things moves in our way than just burning up trash cans and setting up barricades like this is a damn somalia and saving private ryan or something like that i mean not i mean and black hawk down you know what i'm saying yeah man i like the idea of uh, 
boycotting, using the dollar to affect change. Sure. It's kind of like Killer Mike was saying, how strategize and mobilize. Um, we have to put our collective efforts and focus it in a certain area in order to get the most effective change that we want to see. Um, whether it's in, you know, I, I saw a quote that said, it's very true, it said, everyone loves black culture, but won't speak up for like black people when it's time. And I'm like, fast, man. Everyone does. And so even in the culture itself, like boycotting certain things, maybe not releasing certain things of the things that people love, like really using, flexing that power, the parts, the best parts that America loves and basically withholding it. You know what I mean? Or agreeing amongst, you know, like I think there's just not a lot of, um, we don't have that powerful leadership that used to exist during the civil rights movement. Yeah. To really funnel that, 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 that effort through. And so it's, it's going on all these thousand different streams of like a little bit of effort here, 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 but it hasn't really been channeled. And I think there's people, there's some people starting to really, uh, rise uh, to the top during this, this time and starting to make yeah. a name for themselves and people can really get behind but I think as we get closer to that where people can really respect uh, a certain voice and get behind to really strategize and mobilize people need guidance they just don't know how to do it they don't know how to apply that aggression that frustration without doing it this way and I think when we have uh, leaders that kind of rise throughout these types of situations and that can really get us to strategize and mobilize the way we need to and now we're doing it with a much bigger army because it's not just black people man you got like like I've seen the LBGT community on Foothill with their rainbow flags I've seen Latinos man out there like there was uh, uh, fellow white people who are just totally not with that bullshit out yeah. there like there was such a big crowd man so, so diverse I think now is a time where we have a lot more support to really um, impact the, the, the change that we need to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it's interesting, man. I think, I think, I think the protests are good. I think we need to, like you said, man, start hitting them in the pockets where really, I think that affects, that expedites that change we want to see, right? Yeah. I agree, man. Cool, man. So, shit. I think we've we hit that home, dude. Let's uh, jump into shed a little light. Yeah, shed a little light. Let's see what we can find out here, man. Um, so yeah, man. So what I found was um, there was a um, a hybrid floating uh, an ocean uh, um, like a platform that could generate um, power from wind. Um, solar and the waves so it's a really good thing because um, the technology nowadays on how to on renewable energy is so big and you know like I, I've always you know been fascinated about how we can come up with things where we can be more efficient with our energy and more efficient with our with how we collect energy and so this platform is this huge thing it's almost like solar panels but like under the water but um, it's a really huge thing, and and I believe the way the like the, the the friction or something like that from the waves and, and the wind 
and the solar, all that, man, could really um, cause us to not rely so much on fossil fuels and be more on renewable energy. So I thought that was something that's pretty neat. That's some technology that that um, I believe will be able to help um, us as a people in the future to, to have more cleaner energy uh, and, you know, just overall to contribute to a better way of life, you know, so um in this in this pre-blue planet, man, sustainability is probably the most important thing we can do and not to be wasteful, you know, because we are we we still are are um living with a limited amount of resources, you know. And so yeah, the renewable stuff, sustainable stuff is always like big to me, man. So um yeah. yeah. I'm surprised we don't see more of that because I mean solar power has been around for so long and yeah, it would just make sense, especially like out in the ocean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but but there's like wires running to that shit. So to have it like mobile, you need a generator, which a generator would need some kind of fossil fuel right to operate. I don't know. I don't know. How that shit works. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 the thing is that it's just like a um, it moves with the water. Um, and it, it, it just, it's, it's a way where we can collect more energy from the elements around us. You know what I mean? Like, um, I've seen something like that before where I, if there were these long tubes and these tubes would just float on top of the water. And as the water would move, the tubes would move and that little up down would create oh. like small, small bits of friction. And collectively, I mean, this, the ocean never stops. So they're constantly doing this and they're constantly generating electricity. And then of course the winds, you know, you know, the, 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 the turbines in, in, in the, near the water is always going to do something big, but to have this platform where it's actually on the floor, the ocean floor, it can move with the waves and also incorporate the fans, uh, uh, and the, 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 the solar. It's great, man. So, um, I, I, I don't know. I think that uh, one of the other things that I saw that was pretty cool is that um, people will be able to, like greenhouses, will now be in buildings, right? So instead of having these farmlands, these vast amounts of, of land for 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 um, growing, you know, food or whatever, it'll be. Imagine a skyscraper, right? right. And in a the skyscraper, there's there's floors where there's um, horticulture and 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 gardening happening and so you would minimize space now now you build up versus versus wide and um it's a lot more efficient too with like you know hydroponics and stuff like that so there's just some things about the future that uh i've been really excited about and, and that technology anything sustainable it's always gonna be a plus man yeah that's interesting man yeah hey, i was gonna um i'm gonna shed a little light maybe i should have went first because along the same lines of what we we're just talking about but there was a, uh, today, I actually posted it online. There was a, uh, I thought I was going to post it several times since. Like, it's a really cool story. I think a lot of people needed to see that during this time. It was a sheriff over in Flint, Michigan. And he met with the protesters. And, you know, they all were out there with their helmets and batons and just ready for, like, war. And he's just, like, he's had his helmet off. He put his baton down. He's like, look. I'm dropping all my gear. He's like, what, what those people did, that's not a reflection of who we are. He's like, that's not what we represent. 
And like, we represent love. You see this police officer over here? That guy likes to hug people. He's like, we understand y'all frustration. He's like, hell, I want to turn this protest into a parade. He's like, we're not, he's like, you just tell me what y'all need and we we got your back. And he's a white dude, sheriff. And um, and the police, the, the protesters start uh, chanting, march with us, march with us. And he's like, you know when the march is y'all? He's like, all right, then let's go, let's go march. And he starts hugging everyone around him and they just start on marching, dude, police, protesters. And it was a beautiful thing, bro. It's just like, that's what that's what's needed. It's just a little bit of an acknowledgement. Sure, sure. To say those other people don't represent who we are, those those few sentences go such a long way, bro. And the fact that due to like this bullshit brotherhood, you can't acknowledge that. Yet this man did that, marched with the protesters, peaceful protest, beautiful thing, sends a message through the whole world. Like I thought that was just perfect, bro. It's just what people need to see right now. It's not because it's starting to transform into this us against this police. And and we're not, no one's anti-police. I'm not anti-police. Yeah. We had our good friend Art on the last episode who was a police officer. Like, dude, please do some great things. They're putting their life online every day, dude. They're important for society. You got a few shitheads out here who became police officers that do some foul shit. And when other police officers don't speak up, the public perception is, yeah, because they're all like that. And in reality, they're not they're all not. like that. No, they're not. But we need more officers like that dude condemning those people and saying, no, it was messed up. I feel your pain, people. Let's march. Yeah. Bro, that went so long. I mean, such a, a far away. It was awesome to see, man. Yeah. I think more and more people need to do the same thing, too, as well, man. I mean, you know, it's just, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the um, in the at the core at the at the center of where it all happens is where you're going to find the most uh, uh um, intense violence and fighting because shit they didn't do that to begin with you know the cops they didn't come out and be like hey man look this is wrong they didn't they just there's 200 cops protecting the, the, the murderer guy so it just sends off a bad um like a bad a bad taste bad start but for other other places you know even like rancho you know riverside out here um Cops need to relate to people. Be like, look, your people too as well. That could have been your cousin, your brother, your family, your best friend, anybody, right? Just because you don't know him doesn't mean that he wasn't, you know, significant or whatever like that. And so a lot of empathy is going to be needed, man. But I think that if if they did do that, it would help change the whole temple of all this stuff. But once again, although every police department has their own environment their own brotherhood i think there are good brotherhoods and then there are ones that are toxic men flint this guy probably is part of he has a brotherhood too as well but their brotherhood is for peace and for doing the right thing and hopefully other other officers of the same department joined him to show that hey look man yeah it sucks we're just as afraid as you are we don't want to go to war with you guys because you're, you're our people you know what I mean? You're, you're our people, whatever. If that was, it, it does suck. But you know what? Let's take a stand and let's show you that we really do care. That we're really not looking for a reason to fight. You know, we're yeah. looking for a reason to unite. You know. Here's um, a thought. Do you think? Do you think police off, police departments that are disorganized um, allow this stuff to happen? Because you think sure. like if a department is organized and they know, they know the chain of command. They know what will and won't 
go down. Otherwise, they got to pay the consequence when they get back to the precinct. Like, do you think that happens at those police departments? I know, like, L.A. Police Department, I mean, that's huge. Probably not a whole lot you can really control in, you know, a, a big metro, metropolitan city like Los Angeles or uh, New York. But in a lot of precincts around the country, I would think there would be structure to where they know if this happens, I'm in deep shit. I can't, I can't go this route. The, I mean, do you think that's just a sign of being uh, disorganized? The fact that other police would just let another officer do that? Yeah, I think it's protocol. I think there's not, I think there's, uh, there's yet to be a police chief that has really wanted to change the branch around. I mean, they might do it. They may do it amongst themselves, but realistically, there's always corruption. There's always the corruption. Who knows how, how deep the corruption goes? Who knows how deep it is? Who does? And maybe it could be within people that are that are that are too high up in the in the in the, in the police academy. Who knows? But ultimately, I think that um, for someone to come in and shake up the the the, the police office, the police department find out who the people are that are doing crappy stuff investigate them get them on get them to see what's going on takes a lot of time takes a lot of work and and, and work doesn't stop you want to you want to you want to sit down and, and microanalyze all your cop guy all your guys that are that are that are on the police station but your police station is is active you still got to send them out on calls and do all the other crap and then you got a ton of other crap you got to deal with on top of that you know, and then when you're dealing with police officers, I think you have to get like internal affairs involved and all kind of other um, agencies that probably don't really have the time to do it. So there's probably a lot of red tape involved, um, you know, but um, I think that uh, there has, you know, people have to push for that stuff, man. I mean, it's, it's, it sucks to say, but it's not going to be easy, especially to weed out the cops that have been here maybe longer than you. Who knows? Um, or if you're a new guy and you see something corrupt, like, but you just got out of training, who are you to come and tell somebody what to do? Like, what? Like, what do you mean? You know what I mean? Like, so there's just, there's a lot to it, man. It's a, it's a, it's a lot to it. You know, I don't think it's, it's something that can be changed overnight. Just like gangs. Gangs can, can't be removed overnight. Um, they spread, you know, and I think the, um, the corruption uh, or just the negative perspective that officers can carry after day in, day out of issues and dealing with the darker side of humanity um, could run deep too as well. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt, man. All right, well, yeah, I knew this was going to be a lengthy one, man, just due yeah. to uh, let's dig a little deeper topic. But let's jump into, um, if you don't mind, let's jump into uh, that was powerful. Yeah, okay. yeah. You had uh, you been reading anything good lately, or heard something that um, you like to discuss? Um, lately, man, I've been um, I've been I've been studying a, a, a book from um, Maxwell Maltz called Psycho Cybernetics, one of the one what? of the forefront of, of Bibles of personal development, uh, human psyche, and analytics. Um, what, what is it? Psycho Cybernetics. Cybernetics. Maxwell Maltz. He was a plastic surgeon, and um, basically, to make it short, he um, used to um, do plastic surgery on people and find out that, a, that after a surgery, a person would have a completely different self-image based on um, an augmentation of their face or whatever like that. And so, and he also noticed that sometimes when he did a surgery on people, they didn't change. They still saw themselves the same. 
And he wondered what what was that? And he based his uh, findings on the self-image and how the self-image is everything and how if um, people didn't have to come to 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 a plastic surgeon and pay tons of money to get a, a, a surgical procedure done to make them feel better. They just needed to change the way they saw themselves. And so it started off as a manual for just their, his peers, but it turned out to be um, um, more than that because there was really is a, a deep connection between how we see ourselves and how um, we feel about ourselves. And it really doesn't have nothing to do with the surgery. And so he was, he was trying to, he had put that out there and he was one of the, you know, the, the founding fathers on um, personal development, self-image and how to achieve what you want through changing your mind and changing how you see yourself. So um, yeah, psychocybernetics is heavy, man. Um, I've been on that. And um as always, loving it, bro. Always. You believe in that, like, wholeheartedly, though? Come on, bro. Well, let me just, okay, let's, let's go here. Let's go here. Let's, let's test it. Let's test your belief, bro. What if you got, um, people are insecure about a lot of things. Uh, sure. Weight, weight. Uh, I don't count weight because that's just unhealthy. I think, in my opinion, to, to carry so much weight that you shouldn't want to get that off you. But let's say it's um, yeah, like the teeth, the teeth, like this, like every direction, terrible teeth. And you're like, man, my teeth are terrible. And you're in college, and you got to get from the class and do a presentation. And like I'm not getting in front of this class, everyone's just gonna stare at my teeth. You think that's mental or like <laughs> fix some teeth, dude? Yeah. Like, which one? I think it's mental. I think at the end of the day, your teeth have nothing to do with the words you use. It's a speech. It's not a smiling concept. <laughs> no serious face, dude. Hold on. <laughs> Look, bro, look, you don't tread on me, okay? Don't tread on me. When you kind of press development, you talk about psycho cybernetics, you know, we can get passionate, bro. You don't make me protest right here, bro, okay? So, no, but seriously. What would, would, would you be against that person? Like, you know what? I want to fix my teeth because I'm going to feel so much more confident. Well, what, what the book teaches, the book teaches you that you, the way you feel about yourself, when you look at yourself in the mirror and you see your teeth and the feeling you get from looking at your teeth is a reflection of how you see yourself. That's it. If you didn't care about how your teeth were, you would still go about your day and do what you were going to do, give your speech or whatever. But because you identify with your teeth on the outside, it affects you on the inside. It affects well, your image. That, you what if that's because since you were age seven, people have been commenting about your teeth. Oh, look at your teeth. Your teeth are really good. Or people like laugh at your teeth. Like that. That chips away your self-esteem, bro. Like you know, sure does. Fix those teeth to feel more confident. Like I don't have to worry about people looking at my teeth or talking about my teeth. Well, you have to understand that you know, even if you were younger, people are chipping away not at your teeth. People are chipping away at your self-image. But so it's not. It's, it's not your teeth that you need to fix. Yeah. Well, well, if you've been, if people have been harping on you all your life about your teeth, then you could, you could anchor a strong desire, or or, or, or you you could you could anchor um, your 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 self image to your teeth, but it's still your self image. 
it's just that you have been been told what to believe and how to feel all your life so that it's programmed into you but tell me what's the cycle fix what's the what like the psychological fix what's the fix um you can't just say don't pay attention to them like that don't i mean what's the fix bro the psychological fix the hack tell me well in a nutshell man um know what you want right know what you want and um if you got straight teeth it's not the teeth that you're after it's the feeling you're after straight teeth makes me feel confident so know what you want know what you're after once you know what you're after set a goal to work to achieve it and then use your imagination to build um what they call the theater of the mind use your imagination to build um a picture of what you want see yourself completing it see yourself uh uh, being confident even you know regardless of the teeth go after the feeling because the feeling is what you're after it's not just your teeth oh man and and then after that you do it enough until you become good at it basically then you do it enough to become good at it and then you realize once you develop a certain amount of self-confidence I'm, this is all I'm paraphrasing all this. But once you develop a certain amount of self-confidence, you realize that your teeth was never really the issue. The thing that was tattered and torn was your self-image. It wasn't your teeth. Like let's well, I'm using teeth as an analogy, but that's how people develop what's called like Napoleon complex, right? Short guys they get like they overcompensate by getting super tough because like, no one's gonna talk to me like like I'm a little dude, you know, or get all crazy. And so in order to feel super confident, they start to overcompensate with this bravado this ego this like i'm a tough guy even though you're super short and i mean most people can see kind of beyond that. i think in order to get that confidence in your mind about like my teeth are screwed up like you're gonna almost overcompensate in something else to um in order to develop that confidence that it's something else is going to be like off a little bit probably well if you read the book you won't do that if you read the book and apply the book, you won't do that. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong, man. Like, once you understand that you're really after being self, when you once you understand that you're really after being self confident and you're really after a feeling, yeah. Then the desire, you can still get your teeth fixed. You can get your teeth fixed. You can bleach your hair if you want to, but just understand that what you're really after is a feeling. Once you know you're really after a feeling, everything else can be extra. Yeah, get your teeth done. Yeah, grow taller, grow smaller. Yeah, get a tan. Yeah, go visit Greece if you want to. But ultimately, once you understand that I'm really going after, I'm really working on my self-image and how I see myself, and I'm going after a feeling. Once you understand that, you, a lot of pressure is lifted off of you for that. And you don't identify yourself with your teeth. You don't say, I, I'm an ugly person because I have crooked teeth. You don't. You may say, I'm an ugly person because I have a poor self-image. And once you build the self-image, even with your cricket teeth and no teeth, you can still be a confident person. Yeah. And that's what the book will teach you. I I love that concept, man. Like, just, I love that concept. And I think it's, I I think it's spot on. Like, I'm giving you shit, but I do think it's spot on, man. Like, because, I mean, I'm pretty sure I I can speak for myself that I, and I always speak my own truth, I don't know. But, like, when I see somebody that's just so confident and you look at them, you might sound fucked up. You look at them and you go like, 
man, they don't care about like what people think about like their weight, their teeth, like their hair, like the, you know, like you may look at them and you think like physically like, man, they're terrible, but you admire, man, look, they don't give a shit that they look like. They're out there just owning it and they're doing it. They don't look nervous or nothing. And they just, you know, like they're not focused on any physical aspect of who they are. They're only focusing on the message they're trying to say. And when you see people like that, man, like, I just respect it. I commend it. I'm a little envious of it. Sure. But it comes back to what you're saying, man. Like, it's, they're not identifying with that part of the physical part of who they are, which is amazing, right. man. You can get past that mental. I mean, that's that's the one of the biggest mind fucks most people have. You that's get it. In- mentally, it's just like, you won, bro. Like, yeah. you, you got it. Hey, dude, Psycho-Cybernetics is an old book. To old book. He was talking about this way before the the idea of personal development and all that stuff came out. Like I said, he was a he was a plastic surgeon, and he was just he was just he, this book was just a collection of his notes saying, you know, sometimes I would cut people's face or whatever, and they would become a completely different person. And other times I would do the same procedure and they would feel nothing, and nothing would change. And that's when he started to realize like. When you when he did the surgery and people changed, what changed? What changed was how they saw themselves. Not the physical, not the physical surgery. It's how they saw themselves. It's how they felt about themselves afterward. That was re- where the where the real change occurred. Yeah. So that's when he started making those observations, making his connections, and he came out with a, a book called Cycle Cybernetics. Cycle Cybernetics. That's legit, man. I like I like it, dude. I like uh, that message. I like. Just thinking about how deep that can go. Bro, if you read it, it's probably 12, 13 hours long. Okay. It's, it's an extensive book. But if you read it, if you listen to it on Audible or wherever on YouTube, you would at least be able to say, if I applied this shit, yeah, I could literally turn myself around. Yeah. Isn't that so much of life, though, just saying if I apply this? Huh? Isn't that so much of life? Just saying, if I apply this, sure. sure. Everyone, we hear it. it's out there, dude. But you know, you can transform even, your life on YouTube tomorrow if you yeah. apply. But here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. Here's the, this is why I'm reading the book. I struggle too. What are you struggle about? What's easy to do is also easy not to do. Yeah. So Jim Rome said, man. You love it's Jim Rome. It's easy. To, it's easy to read a book. It's easy to not to. You know, it's easy. It's easy to 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 read a book that can change your life and go through the steps. And when they say, "All right, do this step," all right, cool. And then when you turn the music off or you turn the audio off, you go you have a sandwich. You go do something because you're 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 habitual. It's easy to do. It's easy not to. That's the rub. That's the rub. But um, you keep trying, and eventually. Even though you suck at following through with yourself, if you keep trying, eventually you will get better at it. And then you'll become better at keeping promises to yourself. And then you'll get better at completing maybe half of the top of the of the subjects or the or the or the the task you have. You keep going and you'll get better and stronger. And eventually you'll become strong enough to where um, deviation from the, the goal or whatever is 
is unusual. Just how right now it's it's awkward to get into a mode and get a habit built. Eventually, if you stay with it, it'll become awkward not to do that. Yeah, yeah. And you'll wake up like, man, I gotta go. I gotta go and, and hit this goal. I, I gotta go work out. I, I mean, what? I, I I've 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 built myself up to where I've changed the way I see myself to where if I don't do something, it doesn't, it doesn't compute with how I see myself. And, um, it, it's a beautiful thing, but it, anything of value, brother, takes hard work and time. That's a fact. That's a fact. All right, man. Well, dude, I'm definitely going to check out cyber. No, Psycho. 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 I forgot how, I forgot how, how it's broken down, the psycho and the cybernetics, but um, yeah, man, by Maxwell Maltz. It's I'll send you the link when we get off, bro. Don't worry, gotcha, gotcha, bro. All right, cool, man. Well, my um, my uh, that was powerful. It is uh, there's a book. Have you read The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer? No, it's a great book, dude. Talk about it before. No, um, but. I'm going to get back to reading it because I do remember when I read it, I was, it was like one of those life-changing books that power that hits you and like, oof, you hear some powerful truth that you just need to kind of uh, let digest a little longer. It's been a while since I read it and I, I, uh, I started listening to it again and I haven't gotten too far in, but I just kind of remember like some of the key takeaways and I'm like I need to get back into this yeah. book man and um, he starts off by talking about well the purpose of the book is really to identify your true self the authentic self right he talks about how paying attention to the voice in your head right he tells you how everyone has like a voice talking to them in their head and even when you hear the voice talking there's almost like another thought on top of that voice and he's like, well, who is in there, dude? Like, who's the real, is, are you that voice in your head? Or are you that voice thinking about that thought in your head? Like, there's layers to this shit. It's not just like, you know, Derek and the brain. There's like, there's a consciousness. And he teaches you in the book how to really build your consciousness and to understand it. And... It's uh, it's a trip, man. Like the book really kind of breaks down some things that most people they know but haven't fully observed. Yeah. And uh, it's called the Untethered Soul. Check it out, man. Okay. It really kind of gets you in touch with your authentic self, nice. your consciousness. It'll show you how that voice in your head is not really you. You know, and um, yeah, I don't know. I'm still going through the book, like I said, for the second time. Yeah, uh, it's a super interesting book if you're curious about um, consciousness. Yeah, you know me, man. Understanding who you are, like who you really are, the I am, like we talked about. Um, it's a great book, man. It's a great book to listen to. I mean, I, I remember when I listened to that book. A distinct, like, flashbulb memory. Like, I'm, I remember driving to San Diego for work, and I listened to a certain chapter, and I remember, like, going through that same chapter, like, three times, just down to San Diego. Because it was just like, man, I really, like, 
you hear some truth that hits you, but you're like, okay, wait, I really need to understand this part because there's something there. And you got to go back. I don't know if you ever done that when you're reading a book. You're like, well, I'm going to read this chapter again. So there is something there. I got yeah. I got to look through this. I got to figure this out. Uh, it was one of those, man. So, so check out The Untethered Soul. Okay. A lot. All right. Will do, man. Cool. Well, dude, with that said, man, I think, uh, where are we at? Nine and eight? Yeah. I think we should go ahead and wrap it up, bro. Okay. Any thoughts for the episode? Cool, man. Um, you know, I think uh, everything, everything, um, you know, with everything being said, man, um, we always have a good podcast, man. It's always good to be here with you uh, and the fam, man. And just for everybody, stay safe. Um, take care of yourself. Protest peacefully. Um, stand up for what you believe in. Um, but remember to treat others how you want to be treated. You know what I'm saying? No need to go and light up trash cans and all the other crap. Don't do all that. That's that's foolery, um, but stand for a cause, stand united, be strong, guys. Don't be ignorant, be strong. Yeah, you know, just to piggyback on that, man. You know, like a lot of us say, hey, if you are our allies, if you're our non-black, and you want to stand with us, like speak up, say something. It doesn't always have to be in the form of social media posting a meme or. You know, going out and protesting. A lot of times, it's certain people of different races speaking mainly to my white friends. Yeah. You guys are in a position where you're in these circles with other people, and you hear shit that you know that people, those people, wouldn't say in front of other people. Sometimes being an ally is to speak up in those moments and say, you know what? No, that's not right. Out of, it's not about, it's not about being afraid of oh man what if they don't think more of me when outside of this it's it's if you have strong convictions and you know you hear things that are not right speaking up it doesn't have to be always a grand gesture it yeah. can be to your own family your own circle of friends this this uncle you know that's a racist fucker like speak up during those times you know show that you do stand and that's integrity integrity is when doing shit when you, there's people not around to hear it because you truly believe in what you're saying right so I challenge people to do that more and I you know I, I own that challenge as well like you almost I, I promise you you probably never hear me go silent when it's time to speak up about some shit because I number one I'm just opinionated uh, I'm not someone who talks a whole lot and I ain't trying to like lift myself from pedestal but at the same time like you're not gonna get away saying some bullshit in front of me without me like having the pain about it and telling you about it. So I challenge most people like if you're an ally, um, do the same, man. Just don't be quiet when your racist uncle are talking or when that group of friends that you know just say some bullshit. You know, it's not it's not about being political. It's not about left wing or right wing. It's about being a human and standing up for your fellow man. And so um, I challenge you know people. Do the same, and that's how we're going to affect change. It's not going to be through the, all these grand gestures. It might be one conversation at a time that's going to affect uh, the most change. So, Amen to that, bro. <laughs> yeah, with that being said, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. It's been another episode of Beneath the Circus. Peace. Peace.